If uh, you're joining us for the first time this morning, maybe you came in since last time I came up. My name is Chris. I'm the pastor here at Venture Church. I'm really glad that you came. Glad that you're a part of what we're doing because we're starting a brand new series today called Lamplighters. Lamplighters. And to get there, I want to talk to you real quick about something that's a fun fact. Fun fact about me and my family. Uh, We raise chickens. It's true. We raise chickens like most normal families that have a dog or cat, maybe a guinea pig. Nope, we got to be weird. We got chickens. And, uh, you know, but it's cool. It's educational. It's fun. Uh, Eggs are delicious. And so as a a family who has uh, chickens, we have different patterns of various parts of our life. One thing that we have to do every night before bedtime is we go back out to the back corner of my yard where the coop is, and there's a chicken run. And we got to go back there, and we got to close the coop uh, because of predators, uh, so, like, yes, in Wilmington, because of the circle of life, yeah, there's predators, and, I mean, believe it or not, coyotes and foxes and, of course, yeah, uh, raccoons and possums and cats. Uh, we actually lost a chicken last year to some kind of predator that I would love to shoot with a BB gun, but I couldn't find him. But I was out there uh, one night last year. It's pretty dark in the back corner of my, my yard, very dark. You can't see anything, uh, which is why I, the dad, get to go out and shut the thing every night because everybody's too scared to go back there. I'm back there about to shut the, the door of the coop. I've got to reach over this fence. And uh, you ever had that feeling that you're being watched? Super creepy in the dark, right? And so I'm, I'm like, so I reach in my pocket, grab my cell phone, flip on the light, you know, feature, turn to my right, and I come face to face on the top of this fence with this big old possum. Possums are ugly critters, but they're way more ugly when you didn't know they were standing there. You're just like, oh gosh. So I take the thing, and I think I probably surprised him way more than he, he surprised me. So I got this thing, and kind of blinding him, and you know, what do you do? I mean, I'm going to like pet him or something? No. I, I, real quick, just instinct, I reached down, I knew there was this big stick on the ground, like a club. And I said, sorry if you're going to judge me about this, this is just who I am. So I pick up the stick, and I just like, didn't hesitate, didn't pause, just whap, just hit that possum right on the head, man. He totally didn't know that was coming, and just, and he just fell off the back of the fence. And I'm like, now what? Because <laughs> he's not gone. He's still totally with us, and he's just kind of laying there. And so I, he's on the other side of the fence, I'm like, and he's in the fence with my chickens now. Um, so I go to walk around. I got the light, and I got the club, because I, I don't know what I'm going to do, like, you know, hit him again, or maybe apologize, maybe become friends. I don't know. Uh, but he turns out he was playing possum. They do that. And so he laid there for a minute, but after a few moments went by, as I was walking around, like, he hopped up and ran off. And I don't know what, probably to get some ibuprofen, I don't know. Uh, But he was gone. Needless to say, he did not mess with my chickens that night, and I haven't seen him since. Uh, Why don't I tell that story? Uh, I tell it, first of all, to kind of brag about the time that I got into a a, a stick fight with a possum in my yard, uh, because that's a crazy story. But also because I want to just highlight something. Crazy stuff happens in the dark, doesn't it? You ever been somewhere and just like... That would not have happened in the daytime, but it just happened because crazy stuff happens in the dark. We're starting this series, Lamplighters, today um, because, and I hope that it will become like a real call sign for our church family to be a lamplighter. As a church, we have this, uh, this phrase that we use all the time. I said it once already this morning that we want to be God-chasing, grace-shaped love agents. And the last little phrase is, and shine light in dark places. We want to be people who will go into the world where there's brokenness and and hurt and remorse and pain and regret and go in and just say, listen, I know that's hard. Let's help shine some light on that for you. Let's be people who shine light. And in the days before electric lights uh, in a city, there would be this person called the lamplighter. 
It's just an awesome, uh, you got the image here, this, this kind of old English looking image. Uh, you got this guy that would walk through literally with, with a, a big stick with some flame on the end. And he would start in one place and he would begin to spread the light throughout the city. And he served the community in an amazing way because not only did he bring lights and illuminate the streets, but he also made the streets safer. He created an opportunity for culture and business to thrive after the sun went down. And, and these things wouldn't have been possible if the lamplighter had not been there. Now, there's no need for lamplighters anymore in our culture. I mean, we've got electricity, we've got computers, there's no reason. Some cities still have historical districts where they still use, you know, the gas lamps, but it's just a novelty. But even though there's no need for any physical lamplighters in our culture today, I believe that there is a big need for spiritual lamplighters. People who can go out into the city and shine light in dark places and make a difference. Guys, today I want to stand right here on this solid ground and say, let's be a community that are lamplighters. If we're doing anything in this city, we're making it a better place. We're shining love, we're bringing hope, and we're lighting lamps around the city. Uh, All throughout the Bible, um, the metaphor of light and darkness is used over and over to kind of describe God, to describe good and evil. Why? Because we get it, right? You've all stubbed your toe on a coffee table in the middle of the darkness and been like, man, if if the lamp had been on, that probably wouldn't have happened. And so this metaphor is used, probably the king of this metaphor is a guy named John. He was an apostle, probably one of Jesus' closest friends when he was on earth. And uh, John, uh, just if you don't know who John is, this guy's an apostle, so he was uh, one of Jesus' closest followers. He's one of the guys who actually helped to jumpstart the church as a leader when it first began. He ends up writing uh, five books of the New Testament of the Bible, the Gospel of John, three letters by his name, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then the final book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation. And all throughout all five of these works, John uses this metaphor of light over and over and over because he wants to drill it in our heads that, man, this light and darkness thing is real. It's real in a spiritual sense. He, let me just look at a couple of these places where he does this. In, in the book of 1st John, this is a letter he wrote. In 1st John 1, 5 through 7, this is what he says. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, And in him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. And we don't live by the truth. So here in this passage, light becomes like this definitive characteristic of both God and those people who live for him. God is light. And in him there is no darkness. John also describes Jesus in the same way. Uh, If you go to the Gospel of John, which is a biography on the life of Jesus, if you're trying to like find out where I start reading the Bible the book of John is a great place to start because it just kind of gives you a biography of the life of Jesus. And in John chapter 1, verse 4, this time talking specifically about Jesus, says, in him, talking about Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of mankind. And listen to this. In verse 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness doesn't overcome light. Light penetrates darkness. You can take a small match in a huge room and suddenly find visibility. Darkness is just, it's not a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. It doesn't win over light. And so light is a really good metaphor for understanding God because it's so simple. It's simple. Uh, Every week I love to look to the Bible for the answers to life's most important questions. And uh, this week we're going to be digging into the concept of light. It's going to be a three-week study about lamplighters and the things that light does in the world that also God does. If you've got a Bible, I want to encourage you. We're going to do most of our teaching from Ephesians chapter 5. So you can grab that and flip to it. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's cool. We've got some scattered underneath the seats there. Uh, It's in the New Testament of the Bible back near the back uh, third of that book. Feel free to use the index at the front. It's totally cool. Um, 
and uh, also the words will be on the screen behind me here. But this letter was written by the Apostle Paul uh, as a teaching to some Christians in a city called Ephesus, kind of modern-day Turkey right there on the coast. Um, and so this short passage that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 8, really sums up some of the teaching that I want us to land on over the next three weeks. Let's look at that together. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 8. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. This, this passage is loaded with all kinds of teaching. And he starts by flat out calling us out. <laughs> He's talking to a group of Christians there. And he says, listen, before you were a Christian, you were once darkness. Darkness happens because of sin. Sin is our, you know, our, 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 our inability to be compatible with God. We, we have these guidelines, these targets that we're aiming at, these boundaries we need to stay within. God has given all these things to us so that we can be safe and so we can live the full life that he created us for. But when we sin, it kind of messes that up. It totally messes that up, and it puts space between us and God, a wall. And so that's why he says, you were once darkness, but now, because of Jesus, you are light. Listen, if you're a Christian this morning, if you're someone who's given your life to Jesus, if you've accepted him and you're living for him, this is a cool message to hear. And if you're somewhere like maybe you're on the fringe of that, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in God, but I'm not sure. I got good news. It's an invitation that's for all of us. You were once dark, but now you're light. Let's just keep reading that. So he says, so live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And verse 10 says, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather, expose them. It's shameful to mention what, is di- what the disobedient do in secret. Remember I said, crazy things happen in the dark. But everything exposed by light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. You know, part of the purpose of the church is to spread good news that there's another alternative. We don't have to live in the crazy darkness of this world. There's a way to give ourselves both spiritual, emotional, psychological relief. That God says, I've got this, you've got this burden on you and I can take that off. I can give you freedom from your sin. I can give you freedom from the the stress of this and I can teach you a better way. That's the message of Jesus, and that's the mission of the church, is to share that with everybody. And so he says, for the fruit of light consists of goodness and righteousness and truth. This is kind of like a, just a, a snapshot of what is light? Goodness, righteousness, truth. But then when you get to verse 10, uh, if you can pop that back up there, look at verse 10. It says, and find out what pleases the Lord, at the bottom there. Find out what pleases the Lord. You know, I never noticed this sentence really before until I was getting ready for today, and um, find out what pleases the Lord. A lot of emphasis is put on becoming a Christian. If you grew up in church or maybe you've been here, like this big push, like you should, you should be a Christian, you should be a Christian. Becoming a Christian, but like once you kind of make that decision, then what? What do I do? Should I just get perfect church attendance so I can get a gold star on my, you know, funeral certificate? Like, like what, what's the point? After I become a Christian, then what? And then I stumble on this sentence, find out what pleases the Lord. And so here's a way of looking at this as I was thinking about it. I talk to people a lot who want to get married. They ask me to officiate their ceremony or they ask me, do you do premarital counseling? And so, uh, you know, stuff like that. And so as I talk to them, here's what I find. A lot of people who are preparing for marriage are doing a lot of work and spending a lot of energy and exercising a lot of stress to get ready for the moment when they become married. Thousands and tens of thousands of dollars are spent on wedding ceremonies and a dress and flowers and food for the guests and a honeymoon and plane tickets and all these things. And that's well and good and that's awesome. But the question is, once you get married, then what? Then what? Because one thing that I try to say and teach people is that, you know, marriage is, is really more about the journey 
from this day forward than it is about this day. Those of you who are married right now, you'd be like, uh-huh, yep. Yep, like it was all, it was all you know, rainbows and unicorns that one day, and then, or maybe it wasn't. <laughs> and, but then like after that, wow, then what? And then it's a lifetime journey, struggle to figure out what does it mean to love this person? What does it mean to stick with them through all those things we promised we would stick through? Right? What does that mean? Now, all that's true, what I just said, but I'm using it as a metaphor to talk about this, this phrase. And then find out what it means to please the Lord. Because there's this moment when we decide, I want to like, turn my life to God. But then what? He says, find out what it means. And it's going to be different for all of us. I, I couldn't stand up here and tell you every single thing it means for you. But I, do, I have begun to learn what it means for me. And part of that is going on the journey with him. I say, look, I'm committed. I'm in. I want to read what you've told me in the Bible. I want to be in fellowship with people who are, you know, in this community that's doing this. Find out what pleases the Lord. And, and here's some things that do please the Lord. I appreciate Paul for giving us a little bit of heads up. In verse 11, we keep reading our passage. He says, so have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. That's one thing that pleases the Lord. Do I need to define what it means, the fruitless deeds of darkness? I really don't think so. I think we kind of have a general idea right? Have nothing to do with that. It's pretty much blanket cost, you know, statement there, but rather he says expose them, the deeds of darkness. He says it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. I want to unpack those last few sentences in the time we got left. Each week during this series, uh, we're going to take a look at one thing that light does in the world. Different things. And this week, there's one thing. It's like the most obvious thing that light does. We have lights shining on me right now. And there's, I see points of light. And if you turned your phone on and shine it, we would see it. The first thing that light does is it illuminates. It illuminates, right? Just glows. Light brings illumination. And so, like, uh, I got kids, that they, uh, they're, they're beyond this now, but when they were younger, uh, it would be bedtime, and they turn the lights off, and I always had to do the classic dad thing, go in there and prove to someone that there's not a monster under the bed. You dads, you ever do that? Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, I'm, ah, something's going on, I heard a noise, it's a shadow, and they're freaking out, and over and over, what, what did I do? I did what, uh, you know, what most dads do, I walk in, and I turn the light on, click, see, do you see a monster? I do not see, actually, my kids, they never saw monsters. They saw, like, pirates, robbers. My daughter was con convinced there was a giant octopus in her floor. I'm not making that up. Seriously, she was like, this is an octopus. I'm like, okay, there's no water. Like, where would this be? You know, there's no, there's no octopus. So I turn the light on. Do you see an octopus? I don't see an octopus. Go to bed. I'm super compassionate. You should get to know me. Like, like just stop. There's no octopus. Use common sense. But in the darkness, we don't know. You know, we get confused. But light, it makes everything visible. Light brings illumination. Paul said everything that's exposed by light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. And I talk about these monsters in our kids' bedrooms because I think that we don't outgrow that phase. It's something that sticks with us. Unfortunately, sometimes there are monsters that live in the dark of our lives. Maybe you have some. Like maybe recently you've been arguing with your spouse like just a whole lot. And it's about little things, it's about big things, but like you just can't, you can't get past it and it just keeps on coming. It's like, you see, you see the writing on the wall, you're like, this is probably gonna end our marriage. Maybe you've been there and you're past that and you've had a marriage that ended. And you see all that, but I tell you what a lot of us do, it, we, we could probably take care of that monster a lot by having some conversation, maybe getting some counseling, maybe getting some friends to step in and help, but we just don't. And so here's what we do, we decided to 
flip off the light in that room and let the monster just live there. Or maybe, maybe you notice that you drink a bit heavier than some of your friends. And you found that like, man, when I get home from work, like all I'm thinking about is like, I got to get home and get a drink. And, and then you have a couple beers after work and maybe a couple with dinner and a couple while you're watching TV at night. And before long, you're like, man, I just got to have this. I got to have this. You're like, I think it might be a problem. But instead of talking about it, you argue about it or you ignore it. And maybe you decide, I'm just going to flip that light off and I'm just going to let that monster live in that room. Or maybe, maybe culture says that if you're in a serious relationship, you know what you should do? You should sleep with that person. That's what you should do. That's obviously the next step of any serious relationship. And so you, you do that. In fact, if you're really serious, you should move in together. You should do that. You should play house. You should do the whole like living like we're married thing, even though we're not. And so maybe you've done that. Maybe that's been part of your past. But some of you, maybe you've been coming around this community a little bit. And as you learn a little bit about what God says about sex and about marriage, you're like, oh, man, this thing that culture is pushing, that's really not God's plan for sex or marriage. But it's 2017, man. Let's get with the program. And so we just flip the light off in that room and just let the monster live there and we just deal with it. And the list can go on and on. And this isn't me stepping on any toes because I know my list and the monster that live in my rooms. And so maybe for you it's filthy language that you just like, dude, I, I just don't feel like a joke is funny unless I drop a bomb in it. And, you know, maybe it's a hateful attitude that you have towards people that you don't like. Maybe it's racism. Maybe you sneak a little X-rated entertainment on your phone on your lunch break. If some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you're planning a weekend with some buddies and you're like, man, when we get out there, we're going to go crazy because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Sorry, it doesn't. It's a monster in a room and we just decide to flip the lights off and let it live there. But listen to this. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie. And we don't live out the truth. We turn the lights off in all these rooms so that we can then maybe step back into them from time to time. Maybe nobody else will notice. But what we don't realize is that it's actually hurting us. It's separating us from, from God. It's separating us from people. It's hurting our relationships. Y'all feeling me? Have you been there? And how do we even manage it? How do we do with it? At first, we like the control. Who doesn't like to have control of the light switch, the remote control, the steering wheel, the radio dial, right? I want to be in control. But before long, it gets too strong for us. And we realize we never had control. There's nothing I can do to stop this. And we find ourselves addicted or hurt or broken or sad or confused or apathetic. Who cares? And that's where lamplighters come in. Because in those moments where we're standing in the room with the lights off, we need light to bring illumination to our situation. Because with illumination comes truth. When we're stuck in our own darkness, we can actually call out to our dad, who does the classic dad thing. He comes in, and he flips on the light to show us what's around. And yes, there might be some monsters in the room, but that's actually what Jesus does. He cleans house. He helps us deal with our monsters. Look, this is a place where you can come in and say, yeah, I have screwed up. I got baggage, man. Great. Put it in baggage claim, man. We all got baggage. But let's not ignore it. Let's deal with it. And walk through life together knowing that what God does through Jesus is he turns on the light so that we can see the truth. Light brings illumination. 
For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And look at verse 13. It says, but everything exposed by light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is like physics lesson here, okay? Like, we're not, we're not just talking about some ethereal, crazy, spiritual concept. This is like, I see that. I've turned on the light before. I've seen how it's helpful. And so kind of as we wrap up today, I want to I kick off this Lamplighter series by, by just bringing two big truths to life, okay? And something that you can take home with you. And if you're here for the first time today, I hope you'll come back for the rest of it. Because there's, there's going to be two more weeks of this, and we're going to be digging in. What does it mean to be lamplighters or be part of a lamplighting system through God? And here's the first thing that we're going to learn. The first one is good news, okay? So let me just kind of set this up. If you feel like you've been stumbling around the darkness, you flipped off some light switches, and you've been trying to find truth or, or purpose or meaning or peace or rest or just like, you ever had this moment? I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. I have. This is the truth that's good for you. The light is here. The light is here. God came into the world as a man named Jesus. By the way, that's, that's a big summary of who Jesus is. Some people would say, well, Jesus is just a good prophet. Jesus was a teacher. He's a good, good man. Jesus himself claimed to be God in the flesh. So if he's not the things he said he was, he's also not a good man. He's a liar. Because <laughs> what he said was, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I'm going to raise from the dead. So if he didn't do that, he's a liar. I put a lot, I mean, I've put mental energy into this thing. I'm like, people don't raise from the dead. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. But man, there, there's just continually mounting evidence, both logical and rational and, and physical evidence of other things that surround the life of Jesus and the teachings of the Bible that go, man, that's, that's believable. That's true. And if that's true, then everything else Jesus said is true. He's God in the flesh. And he said, I'm the light of the world. And I'm here to shine in the darkness. And the darkness will not overcome me. And so this might be your first time hearing this. It might be that you've been thinking about you know, coming to church for a while and you're here or, or I don't know. It, wherever you are in your life, I want you to know the light is here. So what does that mean? Well, when the light illuminates things, we, we have an opportunity to walk. So I want to encourage you to take a step. Take a step. Maybe the easiest step for you is like, come back one more time. Just come back one more time. Maybe you've been coming for two years and you're like, I just need to keep coming. <laughs> I need to just try this. Learn to know how to please the Lord. Maybe for you, it's your day to say, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. Like, I've been kind of parallel walking beside some people who are in the light for a while, but I, I need to be all in. And, you know, the Bible teaches that when we want to live for Jesus, we just kind of say it. I'm in. I'm in. I still got questions, but I know enough that I want to be in. And then the first thing we see those people do is get baptized. Like, go and make your own decision. Not a decision that your parents made, but one that you make on your own. As a free-thinking individual, I, say, I, want, I want to be baptized as a sign of what I believe. And also, that book of Acts in chapter 2, verse 38 says that when we're baptized, we receive, this is awesome, the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of God's Holy Spirit in our life. He comes and he helps us. It's amazing. Then maybe that's the step you need to take. As the lights come on, you're like, maybe I've never really given my life to Jesus. I don't know. Maybe for you, it's just make a connection with some more people through a community like this. But the good news is the light is here. The light is here and it's shining. It's a beacon. Will you take a step into the light? Here's the second thing, the second truth that, that just is there. And really it's a challenge more than just a truth. Maybe you've experienced the light already and, and it's come and it's illuminated your life and you're working on flipping lights on in each room in your house and cleaning out the monsters and whatever. Like you're working on that. But here, here's the thing for you. 
shine the light. God gives us this amazing ability. Everything that is illuminated becomes light. Think about the moon. I mean, the moon is, it doesn't glow by itself. It's just a big rock floating in our space. It doesn't glow, but because of the reflection of the light of the sun, I told you this was physics, we can see things at night. Is the moon itself a light source? Not really, but it's become illuminated. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. The more that we are shined upon, the more people can see us. And yeah, it might be ugly. We might, have, we might be the possum on the fence, you know? But people can go, oh, dude, that, they're just being real. That's who they are, and they understand that they've got mistakes, but they're working on it. And we get to become light. And the cool thing is we get to be like the, like the guy who walked through the city streets with the big stick with the light on it. And we get to go from person to person, lighting lamps, showing them hope. And one by one, we begin to spring up like you saw in the little video as we began. The lights become more and more illuminated. Guys, all over this city, there are lamp lighters. There are people who know about the truth of God, and we're all living in it in different levels of depth. But I tell you what, knowing about it is a big deal. And then living in it is the next big step. I want to encourage this, guys. Let's shine the light. We just heard from Jason from Vigilant Hope. They're shining light into the darkness of poverty and homelessness. Man, what a task. Thanks for doing what you guys are doing, and thanks for inviting us to be a part of that. They're lamplighters. They're going to these people's lives, and they're saying, look, there's something better than this. Let me just show you. Vigilant Hope, that is the light. That is the lamp. That is the truth. But you don't have to start a nonprofit to shine the light of God. I mean, you can do it in your workplace. You can do it at home. You might be the only person from your family that comes to church. That's cool. Eventually, people will see what you're doing in your family. Like, man, they just react differently. They do different things for entertainment. Their, their whole outlook on life is different. Why? You got the light of God in you, and you can light a lamp for them. In just a few weeks, three weeks away, it's Easter. Easter Sunday. It's hard to believe. Easter Sunday. You know, this is the, the one Sunday day of the year uh, that is most likely for your friends who don't go to church ever that they might give church a try. They might. And so every year around Easter time, we, do, we, do a, we put a lot of effort into encouraging you to invite your friends to church, that coworker that you've been thinking about talking to, you know, that, that neighbor, your, your, your friend, whatever. This year we got a, a cool way that we're kind of uh, trying to have an icebreaker conversation starter to, to invite your friends to church. We did it a couple years ago. It's called Mug Your Neighbor. Remember Mug Your Neighbor? Uh, some of you signed up for these last week, but basically here's the deal. Uh, no, we're not going to jump anybody in a dark alley. That would be really creepy and illegal. Um, but we have these coffee mugs that we're getting printed. They say Venture Church on them. People love coffee mugs, even if they don't love coffee. I don't know why we collect them all, but we have coffee mugs. And so we got these mugs. We're getting printed, and we're encouraging you guys to sign up for as many as you want. Because in doing so, you're saying, these are the number of people that I want to try to invite to church on Easter Sunday. Or shoot, it might take a couple months for you to talk them into it. But you say, hey, I'm going to work on inviting them to church. So you're going to mug your neighbor. You sign up for these. There's, a, there's one of the t uh, computers at the back there on the right side. It's got to sign up for how many mugs you want. And you can pick up a mug and you can say, here's what I'm going to do to be a lamplighter. I'm going to get this, this silly mug. Um, i got to tell you something. We can't ask them for you. No one can. Okay? So this is just a conversation starter, but here's a great one. Hey, my church has these coffee mugs and we encourage you to give them away to our friends. I thought of you. Um, really? Cool, that's nice. Yeah, um, Easter Sunday's coming up. I'd love for you to join us. Then that'd be awkward. Just, hey, this is a gift. People like free stuff. But it's more than a coffee mug. It's an opportunity to just begin to try to start sparking a light for their life. I want you to focus on people that don't do church. They go to church somewhere else in town. That's fantastic. But people who are just like looking for a way to turn the lights on. 
Set up for a few mugs today before you leave. It'd be a great way to shine light in the lives of your friends. The light is here, so let's shine the light. That's our first week of Lamplighter. As a community, let's be lamplighters. Let's go out and make a difference, shining light in dark places, showing people the way back to God by showing them what he's done for me, for you.